Welcome back to another episode of The Rant. Today we're going to be talking about the unfortunate loss last night. Purdue suffered against number four Iowa in Iowa City. Uh, Purdue losing, was it 70 to 55? Yeah. Um, yes, where do we start? <laughs> where do we start? I mean, look, I'm not mad that we lost to Iowa Correct because me, they're yeah. the number four team in the country, right? They're at a different stage in development than Purdue is. Like, this is a team that's going to challenge for a national title. Yeah, Purdue is a team that's starting a bunch of freshmen, right? And also, it I'm can't be how we lost to well, Iowa. And, uh, let me, before you get into that, also can't be understated. Most likely player of the year on Iowa as well. You know, cannot yep. be understated. But yeah, you're right. The way we lost is unfortunate, right? And again, you have Seven. to look at this with a grain of salt. Young team, a lot of freshmen, a lot of people that haven't played a ton of minutes. So you have to look at this a little differently. You know, it's a game that on paper Purdue probably shouldn't win. But when you look at the stat sheet, you can't help but notice, oh, there's some miss. There were, there was a big missed opportunity, right? I mean, right away you look at field goal percentage, just under 40% from the floor. 32% from three for this Purdue team is definitely a letdown. Um, I, I mean, think the, th the thing is it's an inability to convert missed field goals into free throws. Hmm. It's, it's like if you're going to miss, you know, try to get to the line. And that's what I would yeah. do better. You know, they just shot a lot more free I throws. I'm going to be controversial here for a second. I mean, as all Big Ten games go, there's there's some poor refereeing, and I'm gonna not gonna say the whole game outcome is due to the refereeing, not even close, right? But there were some absolute head scratchers last night. Luke Luke Garza definitely got the uh, the superstar treatment. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, right? There were a couple times where fouls were called on Purdue players that really just kind of uh, how do I say this weren't there, and there were a couple times where Luca Garza maybe through an extra, you know, arm or something at someone, and they didn't call it, right? I'm not saying that decided the game, but I'm saying there was a little bit of discrepancy. Um, but I will say, we talked about in the preview that one of the game plans that I think that we thought Purdue should have employed was to try and get Luka Garza into foul trouble as soon as possible. You know, that's the best opportunity they have to neutralize him. And they did that early in the second half. They got... Garza to three fouls, I think, right? About 14 yeah, minutes left. It was like 14 minutes left in the in the second half, right? And there was a good four to five minutes where Garza was on the bench. And Purdue had a pretty successful run during that time, right? So they got to that point. But the thing is, they just could not, for the life of them, get any fouls. They couldn't get to the line. They just couldn't. And part of that is because they really were not driving. I mean, Purdue took 25 threes. Uh, out of 58 total shots. So that's, I mean, that's well, a that, lot. That also means that the rest of the twos that you're taking are the kind of twos that you don't want, right? It's those kind of mid-range, mm. not quite in the paint, but not quite at the three-point line shots, which is yeah. like, that's not really where you want. I mean, Purdue you know, shot three free throws, Iowa shot 14. And Iowa didn't, they took less twos than we did. They took, yeah. they took 22 twos and they took 34 threes. And they got, 11 more free throws. I mean, that's yeah. a crazy clip. Because those are coming clip. in the paint, right? That's, that's, that's a crazy clip. And 
that is a huge, huge, you know, circle highlight on this box yeah. score for Purdue. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's a lot of times also like this is gonna sound bad, but like some of those twos just gotta go down. Like they mm. just got to go yeah. down. I mean, you could say that about the threes as well. I mean, Purdue did not shoot well for their standards from three, thirty-two percent on the game, eight for twenty-five. There were a, there were a handful of threes that. You know, the ball was moving quickly. The ball was moving well, right? I, there was one in particular that I remember where Travion got the ball down low, drew the double team, and immediately kicked it out into the corner. I think it was Brandon Newman, and he was wide open. I mean, literally on an island. And he had plenty of time, and it you know rimmed out. And it's just those are the kinds of threes. It's like I get it, but at the same time, you ha- you got to hit those, right? Those are gimmies. And Iowa was hitting them all game. Right, they always hit that open corner three when they needed it or when they moved the ball around, and yeah. you have to match that against a team like Iowa, who is a really good shooting team. Right, they have so many shooters, and they have obviously Luca Garza, who himself shot extremely well from three. So that's kind of just a, it's a backbreaker for yourself, right? It's you're self-imposed where it's like you can't hit a shot, and it kind of just weighs on the team. Yeah, I mean the reason we're gonna we're gonna harp on this is like you look at the rest of the of the stat sheet, like it's not it's not awful. I mean it's not good, but it's not Yeah, awful. it's not if like they turned the ball the over twenty plus right? times. It's not like that. They didn't it's not like get we got into... rebounded by twenty, right? I mean it was yeah. it was fine. Yeah, it's just really they had the opportunities, they just did not hit the shots. Simple as that. I mean there were you could point to a couple areas. You know, I mentioned to you before we started recording that, you know, there was one point where Purdue was on like a little bit of a run. And this was when Garza was on the bench. Purdue was on a little bit of a run. They were cutting the double digit lead down. I think they were at eight. Stefanovic got a steal, was on a fast break, and he had it was him and one guy. Right. So you think he's either going to make this basket or he's going to get fouled. Right. And what he does is probably the worst possible decision he could have made on that. That play, he decided to go for the highlight reel. He went for the behind-the-back bounce pass, which he just kind of bounced it straight to an Iowa defender. And then all of a sudden, all the momentum Purdue had over that you know minute, two minutes, whatever it was, just completely gone. Iowa extended the lead to 12 instead of Purdue cutting it to 6. And that, I mean, it was like 12 minutes left in the second half, but it kind of decided the game. That was like, that was a dagger in a sense. Yeah, I think the reason that we harp on it so much is because it's defensively Purdue did fine. Yeah, you know? and it so was... it's just upsetting to to kind of have your weakness even not be that weak in a game and still come away with an L, right? I mean, Iowa enter coming into this game is averaging almost a hundred points per game, mm-hmm. and this game they scored seventy, right? Yeah, but they just, I mean, they really just sat on. Produce head when it came to, you know, defensively and on the glass, and that's just, it's just kind of sad, right? Because it's yeah. it's a shame to to let a, a good defensive effort like that go to waste because your strong point, your shooting, you know, wasn't wasn't yeah. there. And I will say, I mean, from beginning to end, the I actually kind of disagree with you about the defense, right? You could say you can you can look at the score, right, and they only scored seventy, and say, oh, their defense was decent, right? But there were countless times where Purdue was scrambling to switch right on their men, not following uh, 
the defensive rebound, right? There was one play. This, the other dagger of the game was Connor, Connor McCaffrey in the corner for Iowa late in the game. Took a three, was short, and the ball was kind of bounced sh- short off the rim, right? Um, and Purdue was already running down the floor, and no one grabbed the rebound. He just chased it up, got a, got a layup, right? Gave himself another opportunity. So I actually think the defense was kind of one of the, the low points of the game as well, just because there was it was so undisciplined, which is very uncharacteristic for a Matt Painter team, right? You usually think of like, oh, Purdue usually has more question marks on offense. They usually play like sound defense, right? So it just, there was some sloppiness there, right? Guys just were not rotating or switching onto the right men. So that caused a lot of problems just in terms of you couldn't get enough stops in a row, at least, right, to build momentum. I think so, it's also that when you come out at, at a halftime down 10, right, you, mm-hmm. you know you have to play a little bit riskier. You have to play yeah. a little bit, like, jankier just to mm-hmm. try and even cut into that lead. And, again, you look at the final score and you're like, man, like, we got beat by 15 in a 70-point game. Like, we got blown out. It's not really like that. It's it's It sounds kind of like rose-tinted glasses, but it's like it is really little things that just add up to – a little thing here, a little thing here, a little thing here, and all of those come together to be a 15-point L. It's not like, you know, we just got ran out of the gym. You know, I don't think that's I don't think that's a fair assessment at all. You know. Yeah. I, I, again, it's 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 not a tough loss, right, to take, right? Because again, young team. All things considered, losing to 15, losing by 15 at number four Iowa, not the biggest issue right you're not necessarily mad about it it's oh, just yeah, disappointing I mean. because the door was left wide open iowa did leave purdue a lot of opportunities and like it, purdue if purdue shoots okay right from the field or from three there's a very good chance they win that game right if they get a few more free throws if they make a couple more threes again you know with a what if game you can say a lot but really i mean 15 is because of garbage time. There was really only about a 10-point deficit up until the last minute, I'd say. Um, The chance was there. The door was wide open. And against a team that good, right, you'd like to have that, right, a win under your belt. So it's just because it's it's a bummer, but I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we lost that game, right? No, I mean, again, even though we're both – Purdue fans, I think we we both kind of knew like this would be a tough one, right? And there's no shame in losing to a team yeah, that's, yeah, of that's course. this good. It's it's more about like we're being critical because we want you know the team to like look at it and move forward, not because like we're disappointed in that. Oh, you know, you guys lost to Iowa; they're number four in the country. Like, no. Mm-hmm. If, if Purdue had won, we would be celebrating it as an upset, rightfully so, yeah. right? So, and the other thing is, like, we're not delusional. Don't it, worry. It, it w- also would have been nice to win because you know, then perhaps you'd see some of these you know, young guys get some confidence, and then you know that elevates the game even further. But again, I it's such a long season that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on it, and I still think. I mean, you look at the stat sheet, bright spots, obviously Mason Gillis. He extended his consecutive made shot streak to 12 last night before breaking it. Uh, seven points, two boards, two assists. Played, again, still played good defense. Still filling that, that role that we were talking about last time. I think he's going to be huge throughout the rest of the season. Travion, 
had a slow start. Again, his final final point total of 14. You may think that's low, but I he played really well at the start of the second half. Really well. I mean, 14 and 9. Can't be mad at that. Three blocks. Um, let's see. Brandon Newman, had, again, had a good start to the game. Kind of tailed off towards the end. Aaron Wheeler had a good stretch uh, where he scored all five of his points. Finally hit a three. It's good to see one go down. So again, even in a loss like this, still some bright spots going forward. And like you said, at least we weren't we weren't getting completely like out rebound or something like that. We still had thirty five rebounds as a team. That's very good, you know, against yeah. a, a decent rebounding team. I mean, Iowa, Luca Garza definitely he's averaging like nine boards a game. I think if I saw correctly, something so. like that. And you know, Wieskamp had another good rebounding night for them as well. So mm-hmm. it's just. Yeah, I mean, it's more about looking forward at this point than looking back. We don't get another chance at the at the Hawkeyes this season unless, of course, you play them in like a Big Ten, Big tournament, Ten tournament or something yeah. like that, which is possible, even likely, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a matter of looking forward. And I think that if 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 Painter's talking to the team, like he, it's really about like forget this game. Yeah. Yes, there's some things to learn, but you know. You're not going to be playing a team of this caliber every but week. But also, like, get it, move on. You're at most home against likely, Maryland. Like, let's go get it. I feel like also what he's telling them is like, listen, you guys. Obviously, the defense wasn't great. You know, can be much improved. But here's the thing. You played well enough, right, to give yourself an opportunity to win, and you didn't shoot well. So just like, here's what I. Yeah. If I would pay her, I tell them, listen, we could probably we could do the same thing, and if we shoot better, we win that game, right? So I. Honestly, if I'm Painter, I'm telling him, like you said, to forget it. We'll You're shoot capable better. of more than you we'll think. We'll shoot you know, better. Right? Water finds its level. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. And even even if the even if the defense was at times a little bit undisciplined, like even that, you could be like, man, we were at times undisciplined, and still overall, like not the worst thing in the world. Exactly. Right. right. So because you you look at besides besides the the top two players on on Iowa. And even Luca Garza, if you if you take away the threes from inside the paint, he wasn't I mean amazing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you take away him and, and Wieskamp, it's a whole lot of just like it's a whole lot of not to be rude, but a whole lot of junk across the board, right? So you can be like, hey, you know, you guys were playing pretty solid defense for for most of that, a few undisciplined moments. And again, if you shoot, you know, if you shoot forty five percent from the floor and you shoot thirty five percent from three, that you know, you're talking about a game that's decided by five points with you only shooting three free throws the whole game. Exactly, exactly. Right? And like, how often is that going to happen throughout the season? It's probably unlikely, yeah. right? Although you never know with Big Ten refs, but that's besides the point. One thing Eric I will... would hit a few more layups, but, you know, <laughs> what can you do? Uh, one thing I will also, I'd also like to point out, just based on the season so far, the one thing that does scare me a little bit is two road games, two true road games this season for Purdue. And I know there's no fans, but still, in opposing teams' gyms, Purdue has scored 54 and 55 points. That, that concerns me because that was Purdue's biggest problem last year, or one of Purdue's biggest problems last year because there were a few, was not being able to shoot on the road. And, uh, I mean, last night, more of the same. Sample size is still really small. Again, two, two true road games this season were at Miami and at Iowa. And like I said, 54 and 55 points. So, not great. You'd like to see that go up. They have another chance. Uh, actually, well, the game this Friday is at Mackey, so not quite yet. But they'll have plenty more chances, you know, as the big season goes forward. Uh, let's preview this game 
for Friday uh, against the Maryland Terrapins. Maryland, uh, I don't know what to think of Maryland this year. I'm not going to say they're flying under the radar because I don't think they're a top Big Ten team, but they're always, you know, competitive. They always get good recruits, and they're always, like again, competitive. Uh, they're a very athletic team, and say what you want about Mark Turgeon as a coach, but, I mean, again, his teams usually play pretty well, and they always play pretty tough. It's, this is at Mackey, no home court advantage despite that. No fans, obviously. Um, it would be it would be a huge win for Purdue to bounce back, right, to go back to above 500 in Big Ten play. Yeah, I mean, and you look at the way their team is, is built. It's actually, they're built quite, in terms statistically at least, in different ways. You know, you look across the stats, they're quite similar, actually, in the way that they're they're playing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar amount of assists, similar amount of rebounds, shooting a little bit better from the field. That could also be due to the opponents that they've played. A few more points per game than Purdue, um, allowing a similar amount of points against similar steals, you know, they're, they're, they're really like a foil to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Vegas has Purdue as the favorite, but again, in college, you can't really, you got to take that with a, a grain of salt just because, you know, college kids are always going to be a little bit less consistent than the pros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't just take like the Vegas line on everything, but yeah, Maryland, uh, five and two on the season. Um, and one in big 10, they lost to Rutgers. Who's ranked 11th. Rutgers is very good. Obviously I'm not going to understate that loss, but, you look at the teams Maryland's played. They lost to Clemson, like Purdue, but they lost by 16. And other than that, they really haven't played anybody. So there's still kind of a lot of question marks about the Maryland team this year, just because they haven't they haven't really played anyone besides Clemson and Rutgers. Right? They have a small sample size. Um, yeah. One thing I would like to point out is uh, the Purdue is five and zero when holding opposing teams to under 41% from three. So that's an important stat. I mean, it, it sounds silly, but when they play good defense, they they win. When they play even <laughs> passable defense. Yeah, like if they get a team's... Except for Iowa, I mean, that's the way it is, right? Yeah, so I mean... It'll be it'll be an important game just to, to get the confidence back. And again, we talked about just a couple episodes ago the schedule over the for Purdue uh for like the month of December into early January. They face four ranked teams, I think, and then Maryland as well. Yeah, see yeah, they I so think... they have they had a stretch of Ohio State, Notre Dame. Oh, Iowa, Maryland, and then Rutgers, and then Illinois, right? The four of those teams yep. are ranked. And they already beat Ohio State. They beat Notre Dame. They they put up a fight at Iowa. So if you can come away with this, come away in this six-game stretch with three or four wins, I mean, you will take that. For a young team, you'll take that. And Maryland, obviously, winning that game would be a big, big part of that. I think it's a little bit interesting, right? Very different dynamic to this Terps team as opposed to a team like Iowa. Definitely a guard dominant team. Mm-hmm. Very um, guard dominant. You know, Very with guys like Ayala and, and Wiggins. Eric definitely Ayala. Definitely a perimeter team. You know, shoot well from the free throw line, slashers, guys who can hit threes. Um, 
move the ball around a lot. That's just kind of the way they are. They sometimes play even without a true center. They'll play with Donna Scott kind of as like a yeah sort of a center, but he's not really a center. Um, and then obviously morale is their real center, but it's, um, yeah, definitely a very different dynamic. It'll be interesting to see how the perimeter players, I mean, the interior guys got their chance to try and play some defense on Luca Garza. So now the perimeter guys have to, uh, flex the defensive chops against the, uh, the Terps mm -hmm. perimeter, uh, weapons. Yeah. And the, I'd say the guard defense has kind of been the biggest question mark question mark this season just because we really haven't seen it yet right we've seen flashes from the the interior defense we know ed can block shots really really well we know travion could absorb contact really well because he's you know a big guy we know aaron wheeler can block shots etc i'm curious um to see how it works on the other hand on the offensive side because like you said they don't really play much with big men not this year right usually they have in the past obviously bruno fernando and Jalen Smith the last couple of years, Stone, but, yeah. but now they kind of flipped where they're very guard heavy. It'll be interesting to see how Purdue tries to take advantage of that offensively because, I mean, you have arguably, I'd say behind Garza, the best interior score, right, in Travian Williams. I'd say he's better a better pure interior scorer than Garza, but because Garza can do it all, right, I'd say people put him ahead. Anyway, you have Travion, who's one of the best big men in the, con in, uh, the country, but especially the Big Ten. And you have Edie, who's just a mismatch problem for anybody, right? So it'll be interesting to see if Purdue goes heavy on that, because we saw them kind of steer away from that in games in the past uh, this season. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing... It's also what which guard is going to step up as like yeah. that lead kind of cookie monster type that No Gel Eastern was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, really I think it'll still like I'm taking the top ball handler. This is my guy. Like, let's go. I think it'll be Eric Hunter, right? Because he's been that guy in the few games he's played this season, and he did that when No Gel was on the bench last season, right? Like when they were yeah. not on the floor together. So I think it'll be Eric Hunter. I mean, he's the guard I feel the most confident about defensively. So it I, it'll be a very important game for the guards to show show some chops defensively, but I also am curious to see how Painter goes about attacking them on offense, right? Because I think going through the bigs does two things, right? It exposes their weakness, but it also it also takes away from their strength, strength because if we play slow, that team with all their guards definitely wants to play fast, right? Wiggins is one of the most athletic dudes in college basketball, um, and yeah. I can't remember his name, but some guy in the Maryland Terps had one of the most utterly disrespectful putbacks I've ever seen in my life the other day. It was mind-boggling. Anyway, so they're a very one athletic of the few team. few games where Purdue does not want to play fast. Normally, Purdue wants to play fast. Which is a, a wild sentence on. because Purdue's yeah. never played fast ever. But yeah. this year, Normally, Purdue changes. wants to play fast. But this game, we might not want to just because this is a game that's even more guard-heavy than mm -hmm. Purdue is. So. Yeah. But... That's, uh, that game is on Friday, Friday night. Oh no, Friday afternoon. Sorry. 2.30 tip. So Christmas, nice little, nice little present for you. Open your gifts and then go hopefully watch, watch the Purdue, hopefully watch get Purdue a win against the Terps. <laughs> yeah. Bounce back, get back in the wind column. I mean, Purdue six and three in the season. So that's honestly, that's. That's great. You can't be mad about that. That's a good start with the team and the level of inexperience they have. And the level of competition in the Big Ten, right? Absolutely. Uh, so, big game. 
looking we'll for a bounce the, back. Uh, yeah, and we'll have our recap for you probably the day after just because it's Christmas. But be be sure to to look around for that. We'll have it up, and we'll have our take, and we'll preview the next game, which I believe is Rutgers, uh, which is another another huge game. So uh, no, really in a in a, in a getting into the teeth of the season. Here. Really, really getting right into it in the Big Ten season this year. Anyway, uh, until then, we'll see you next time.